Welcome to the Art of Making a Living podcast, where big ideas about designing your dream career become action items you can explore and deploy today. Develop your full potential, build intellectual resilience, and empower your professional brand. The Art of Making a Living is your weekly digest on the road to success. Now your host, Honestly Danny. Hello, friends, and happy post-Thanksgiving to my U.S. listeners, and happy holidays to everyone in general. I really do hope you had some me time and some family and friends time. I certainly did, but I also know that this time of year isn't the same for everyone. And so I do want to wish you a peaceful and thoughtful winter season and just a satisfying close to the current year. As we approach 2023, which feels like we are going at lightning speed. I know for me, I have plans to really appreciate each passing moment starting now or really starting. I've been thinking about this for a while. So not just starting now, but it is a resolution for me going forward because the last two years have really just felt like a blur to me. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way, but time just seems to be rushing by so fast. And so, I mean, I've had some really amazing experiences, but I feel like I could do better in being rooted in the present and not always planning and forecasting for the future, which is really tough for me because I'm a visionary and a strategist. And so my mind is always out there somewhere, but I commit to doing better next year and just going forward in life. I, I want to be able to honor that, honor being present going forward. This week, I wanted to talk about a topic that isn't new. In fact, I thought we would be done talking about it by now. I thought it would be an expired topic, but it's just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it's not a gift at all, um, but it is something that just keeps morphing into more and more of what it is not. And so I thought, let's go ahead and go on the record with some ideas. Let's cancel out some of the noise and get to the root of this thing and really see whether or not it's a viable solution for those of us who are learning and practicing the art of making a living and wanting to move throughout life with more intention and in alignment with what we say we want out of life. So, you know, if you couldn't tell by the title, we are talking about quiet quitting today. And first, let me say thank you for opting to listen to yet another perspective on this thing and not immediately skipping through to another episode or another show. I would have understood if you did because I know that I get exhausted hearing about quiet quitting in the news or on social media. But for me, it's frustration around the misunderstanding and misbranding of quiet quitting, mostly from business owners, managers, people in charge of other people. Quiet quitters get confused a lot with poor performers on the job and they're not the same, okay? They don't even approach their work the same way. And so I wanted to dive into that. I want you to see if any of the highlights resonate with you. And if you do find yourself resorting to quiet quitting 
there are some things that I would like for you to consider that may be a much better and more effective work style than quiet quitting, especially since quiet quitting does put you at a disadvantage, even though it may make sense, right? It makes sense for you to adopt this way as a way of working and relating with your colleagues. As always, if you've been listening to the last few episodes that we have, you know that I love to begin each episode with a clear understanding of what we're discussing so that no matter what the opinions are that we arrive at, we are starting with the same understanding. And when it comes to quiet quitting, we are talking about a work style that seeks to establish boundaries in the workplace, but it oftentimes isn't attempted until after a person has already reached their absolute bottom. Meaning, you know, most quiet quitters were previously high performers who somewhere down the line got themselves burnt out or got taken advantage of one too many times, maybe even experiencing some workplace abuse and exploitation. And essentially, you know, these are folks who may have lost trust in their manager or their team's ability to respect them. They may have even lost trust in their own ability to protect their well-being in the workplace. So the solution becomes quietly quitting, which is a terrible name for what's actually going on. I don't know who's responsible for naming it quiet quitting, but I do believe that's part of the reason why most people don't know what it is when they're talking about it. Let me explain. The term quiet quitting gives the impression that a person is quietly looking for another job, right? Like that's what it sounds like. And that's not anything new. People do that all the time. Passively looking for other opportunities or actively looking for other opportunities, but not broadcasting it to everyone. I mean, that's totally acceptable as a career transition strategy. So as long as you're not abusing the time you're being paid to work at your current job. But despite what we're talking about today being labeled quiet quitting, it's not that what I just described. It's not that at all. Quiet quitting is when an employee decides to stay at their current job, but limits their work to the scope with which they were hired for. Now, at face value, that doesn't sound like a terrible thing, right? Like hiring managers do need to do the labor of outlining the scope of the position they're hiring for. And a lot of managers and HR folks do not do this well, but many do. And it makes logical sense for any employee to work within that scope. And that scope may be tight, or it may encompass a broad description of the type of activities and general tasks that you'll be involved in and responsible for. But the problem with trying to limit yourself to your job description is that most of them are not written like a to-do manual, nor should they be written that way. Some are very specific about the tasks for your role or who to report to, but most leave room for interpretation around certain elements to allow for flexibility, especially for management positions. For example, your job description may mention something like, this position is responsible for supporting the planning and preparation of XYZ. 
And XYZ could be something specific, but it may not outline exactly how that work is to be done, leaving room for interpretation on how well you're achieving that. So it might require you to do things that aren't listed in the job description, like interacting with other departments. And I've seen that in job descriptions, but not every job description mentions that. And since it wasn't explicitly listed in your job description, as a quiet quitter, you may end up confusing an ask from your manager to interact with other departments as an additional duty and refuse to do it with the excuse that it's not in your job description. And let me tell you, using your job description as your rebuttal for refusing to do certain work is why I believe managers and business owners confuse quiet quitters with poor performers. Poor performance includes a range of subjective behaviors, but the difference between a poor performer and a quiet quitter is that a poor performer lacks in certain abilities and attitudes and usually require additional training. Now, whether or not the employer chooses to invest in that additional training or simply terminate the employee is at the will of the employer. But quiet quitters are usually still high performers, okay? The work that they knock out is still exceptional. They're just trying to guard against being burnt out and they're guarding their well-being in the workplace and understandably so. But as I mentioned, even though it makes logical sense to protect your well-being and not allow people in your job to include your manager to take you far beyond what you were hired to do, especially without the proper compensation, you know, in the form of a raise or a bonus, a promotion, or really just something other than a pat on the back and more work year after year, right? The reality is that you are at a disadvantage in this capitalistic society, okay? And I don't have time to go through the pros and cons of capitalism in this episode, but my point is that everybody is dispensable. And it doesn't make sense for you to burn yourself into the ground, buried in work that you won't be appreciated for. And it also doesn't make sense for you to risk being grouped with poor performers because you're trying to use your job description as your Bible and prove a point. Many job descriptions are poorly written. They're either too broad or too specific or too outdated for what's needed for the role. Ideally, they should be revisited and updated in line with each performance evaluation cycle, or at least annually so you can capture anything new. But not every manager or company is diligent about that, which actually leads to a lot of the confusion we see around expectations in the workplace. But the best job descriptions are written with professional development in mind and should not include every single detail of how and what work is to be performed so that it can remain useful when minor changes occur. And so if you're closing yourself off to just your job description, you are missing out on a major piece to your professional development and your ability to move where you want to move in the workplace and in your career. And so you might be wondering, well, Danny, if I can't do the thing that makes sense 
because I'll be mistaken as a poor performer. And if I can't even fathom going back to the work style that burned me out in the first place, which by the way, I would never suggest that you do. What can I do instead of quiet quitting? And you know what? I'm so glad you asked. First and foremost, you need to process the bad work experience, okay? What led you to getting burned out? Or what led you to feeling like quiet quitting in the first place? What happened? And why did it happen? Who was involved? What role did you play, right? Do you have trouble saying no? Or are you an overachiever that takes on more than you can chew and it bites you in the bum later when things are due? I say that because that used to be me, okay? Still an overachiever, but I'm, I've learned of my ways. <laughs> also, what role did others play? Do you work for a micromanager? You know, is your manager inexperienced or are they inconsiderate about your time? Is the communication off? The point is that you need to draw from this experience or these experiences, all of the lessons that need to be drawn from it. Otherwise, you may go from employer to employer, bringing all of that unresolved baggage with you. And I call it baggage because it will linger on in the back of your mind and have you showing up differently than the impeccable, confident, and capable person that you are. Last episode, we talked about micromanagers, right? And micromanagers are the source of a lot of people feeling burned out and overwhelmed in the workplace. They also do this to themselves, right? They're burned out <laughs> from trying to control everything. But the effects of working under such a complicated management style can be long-term, even well after that person is out of your life, if you let it go unresolved, okay? So you got to get introspective and fully articulate your experiences and your needs so that you can show up more confident about the value that you bring and actually bring that value to work with you. Once you articulate your experiences and your needs and the value that you bring to the table, then you can start shaping your reality. And this might actually mean actively, but quietly preparing to leave a company where you're not appreciated in favor of ones that are more aligned with your goals, your work style, and the type of work that you want to be doing. Quiet quitting does make that a little tough. Because quiet quitting behavior, it puts you at risk of tarnishing your professional brand and how people see you and the work that you do. Everything is connected, okay? There are so many people connected in your industry, between companies, on LinkedIn, and, you know, our reputation does follow us. So it's just not worth it staying where you're not thriving and just chugging along with your job description tattooed on your chest, okay? Your job description isn't meant to be used that way. I mean, you do need to be referring to it to um, help you understand your role. And it's also a tool to help you and your manager measure your performance, okay? Like where you're exceeding expectations, where you may need more development opportunities, and even 
where the job description may be lacking and in need of an update. Okay. But it is not a to-do list and it's not all encompassing. Now I've heard some ruthless business owners out there on podcasts and throughout social media talking about quiet quitters and how dispensable people are if you don't want to do the work. Most of them are completely tone deaf and don't actually know what they're talking about on the topic of quiet quitting. Again, because most confuse them with poor performers. So they think they're really doing something by scaring people about being fired for quiet quitting. Now, do quiet quitters get let go of? Obviously, yes. Have quiet quitters gotten swept up in the recent mass layoffs? Yes. But so did some people who were still giving their all at work. And that's where being dispensable really needs to be discussed. You know, just the fact that you can be a high performer and doing all of the things, just all of the work and still get let go. That's why I say all the time to the people that I mentor, you know, don't let these big and small business owners and companies and managers burn you out. The boundaries are for you to set and you have to set them early, you know, waiting until you're burnt out. Um, I mean, do it do it, set the boundaries, but waiting until you're burnt out. Um, you know, it's just like when you're not in a great mood, we don't make the best decisions. And I feel like when you're trying to change your situation in the middle of being burnt out or while you're burnt out, you know, we come up with things like quiet quitting and it, it just ends up not serving us the way we thought it would. And there are times where we have to go above and beyond, right? This is obvious. Most people do this. Um, maybe there's a deadline or a campaign, an initiative where all hands are needed at 110%. Like most people show up and are willing to do that when there's a big task, right? But maintaining this long-term is not sustainable and it's also not what we're talking about here. And so managers and business owners do need to fall back a little bit, okay, and acting like there isn't any merit to quiet quitting, you know, as if there's something wrong with people who prioritize their well-being because disparaging people for wanting better, it's giving slave driver, okay? It's giving, I don't actually care about the people who work for me. It's giving profits over people. And if that's your thing, just say that, okay? But the people are going to keep pushing for new ways of working and they're going to get it, whether every employer gets it or not. Companies will be left behind in the wave of this change, just like the companies that no longer exist today or are no longer thriving like they used to because they refused to adapt to the changes that came with the digital age. There are companies who get it and can offer employees and are willing to offer their employees a better compensation package and better support for the value that they bring to the table. That's just the direction that we're going in. And for those who are listening, you know, if you've been in a quiet quitting rut, I hope that this episode inspires you to take back your value, step into your greatness, okay? Employees aren't the only ones who are dispensable. Employers 
are dispensable as well. And while the odds are not in your favor when you choose to quiet quit, the odds are very much in your favor when you choose you and choose to go where you're appreciated. There are plenty of opportunities out there for you. You just have to believe that. You have to find them. You have to do the preparatory work and you have to introduce yourself and the value that you bring to them so that they know, they know you exist. That is all that I wanted to share with you this week. It came to me over turkey and dressing and all of the things that I'm thankful for. You are one of the things that I am thankful for. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I want you to have a blessed rest of your day, rest of your week, get some rest. And remember that the art of making a living is about learning the business of you. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode. The Art of Making a Living.